Hi everyone, thank you for tuning in to Sunday School Bonanza, your quick gospel doctrine review and preview podcast. Uh, we hope you can use this to be better prepared for your gospel doctrine lessons so that you can participate and be a better saint. That's right, you can count on This Week in Mormons for bringing you a better salvation, a salvatory experience. Does that work? Yeah, Salvatore. Salvatore. Wasn't no, that a. No, that was the sounds name like of the a Italian mobster. guy that yeah. I uh, got my hair cut hey, from. Hey, all right. So I'm joined, of course, by Eric Meldrum this week. Hi, Eric. Hi. How How's you doing? it going, nice Jeff? To, oh, great. Nice to have you back. Uh, so we're, uh, we're here doing this thing here on Sunday School Bonanza. This is lesson six. It's called I Will Tell You in Your Mind and in Your Heart by the Holy Ghost. If you remember last week's lesson, we talked about the power of personal revelation, how to receive it, how to interpret it, what it's useful for, all those things. And this sort of go, this is, this is very much in tandem with that. This is all about the Holy Ghost, how we receive it, how understanding it helps us, you know, and what it helps us to do. Uh, the Great Attention Activity mentions bringing in a radio and tuning it. And if you can't hear, it's because it's not tuned like the Holy Ghost. Uh, if you don't like that analogy from the 1980s, I encourage one of the modern era, perhaps your cell phone signal or or the fact that when you're in diff- rooms in a house, the Wi-Fi signal can be weak because of the barriers of the walls between the source and you. And those barriers could be metaphorical, if you follow what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I, I was thinking right? along the lines okay. of maybe like an electric guitar or something like that. Okay, okay. When that's out of tune... You know, you you get some you get some funny waves going on in your uh, your amp when you're when and the you're interesting and you know not to lean on the guitar one but I like that because uh, I am a guitar player of course but um, because a guitar goes out of tune when it is used vigorously it requires constant uh, attenuation you have to always revisit the tuning of your guitar which is much like our spirituality I don't, you can't get it in tune once. And just leave it and assume it's just golden forever. You always have to tune it. Yeah, the weather Mel- changes and you have to you have to go right back to it. Meldrum, you're a smarter man than I am. <laughs> a smarter man than I am. So uh, so we're going to talk all about, first, of course, understanding how the Holy Ghost communicates with us. And I believe, do we have you on, se- on the first section? Were you section yes. A? Yeah. Take us there. Go. All right. So understanding how the Holy Ghost communicates with us. First of all, um, the, the first thing the lesson emphasizes is that the Holy Ghost communicates with us via a still, small voice, um, and 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 this is one of those uh, popular one of those one of those popular things that we we talk about you know from the time yes, we're yes, small we children. <laughs> but it's it's always uh, it's always worth revisiting. Um, here's here's a great quote from the lesson. Elder Dalinik jokes um, tells us: Visions do happen. Voices are heard from beyond the veil. I know this. But these experiences are exceptional. Most of the revelation that comes to leaders and members of the church comes by the still small voice or by a feeling rather than by a vision or a voice that speaks specific words we can hear. I testify to the reality of that kind of revelation, which I have come to know as a familiar, even daily experience to guide me in the work of the Lord. Um, and, and, uh, for me, this is this has totally been my experience in, with right. revelation, and and uh, first of all, I do want to ha- I do want to testify that revelation occurs, and that g- the Holy Ghost does guide us in our lives um, when we're open and, and receptive to it. Um, but it, it does come from that that still small voice. It's it's a uh, it's it's a feeling combined with a thought that that just kind of resonates mm-hmm. in in inside you. So um, you. You have to be paying attention. You have to look for it. Yeah, and when we talk about, you know, um, Elder Oaks, by the way, is all over this lesson. He's everywhere. 
he is ubiquitous here. But uh, another great quote from Elder Oaks. Aren't we sometimes looking for like big manifestations? Do you ever feel that way? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, even even sometimes you even are looking for small manifestations to to things. You know, you're, yeah, you're you're just trying hard. Yeah. So Elder Oaks makes the point, of course, that. Uh, the manifestations in the scriptures don't always happen. And we need to recognize these whispers, these small impressions. Um, and oftentimes the downside, of course, is when we don't understand the principles of revelation and the Holy Ghost, we like postpone acknowledging that we have a testimony. We pretend we don't know something is true because we have not received uh, this great biblical-like manifestation of the Spirit, which is not uh, how we've been instructed by the Lord. Those miracles have come for other reasons, and we have miracles in our life just as well. Now, uh, moving on to the next little bit here, in Doctrine and Covenants section 6, especially, and also 11, the, whole, the Holy Ghost enlightens our minds. This is a very simple principle, but we can ask ourselves, in what way does the Spirit enlighten our minds? And these answers could be anything, of course. You could talk about new ideas, insights, flashes of inspiration, um, strong feelings, or impressions, anything like that. And, and really, for me, that's that's been a way that I've often felt personal revelation many times, when I, I just... Uh, I pray about something, I ponder something, and then one day, it's the same issue, no grand event transpires, and all of a sudden I say, wait a minute, duh, and I realize some simple answer to my solution that I just had not, for whatever reason, seen before, and whether that is because of my own ineptitude, or because perhaps the way was blocked a little bit so I could further put my trust in the Lord until I understood that, you know, that, it's all in the Lord's hands, but uh, I, I definitely testify that that's a very real way of receiving the Holy Ghost. Don't doubt those impressions. When you suddenly, when something just seems like obvious to you and you hadn't thought of it that way before, oftentimes that is the spirit actually guiding you in what you do. Yeah. Can, can I make a note? Uh, the, I, I think this, uh, the context here is important as well. Um, understanding these sections that we're talking about, you know, the, the early sections in the Doctrine and Covenants. Uh, Joseph Smith at this point um, you know, had had been receiving revelations for for a couple of years now, um, but the principle of revelation was not well understood. You had back in this day, you had you know a lot of the traditional churches who didn't really believe in revelation. You had kind of this new great awakening where mm -hmm. lots of visionary movements were happening and people were having all sorts of revelations um, that. A lot of them were, you know, kind of nonsensical and didn't didn't really mean much. And so this this enlightening your mind and bringing bringing peace to your mind, this was kind of a new concept. The fact that yes, everyone can receive revelation, but it's not just chaotic, bizarro mumbo jumbo. Yeah. This is yeah. this is stuff that's meant to enlighten you and meant to meant to bring you intellectually closer to God. This the the context here. This really helped to set the foundation for the church and how the church was going to receive revelation throughout the course of its history. Which is a good point because we could feel that uh, to feel the spirit, it means I have to like wiggle and feel possessed and pass out or anything like that, right? Which is, we do have examples of that in the scriptures like Lamoni and stuff like that. But uh, good point, Eric, yeah. as always. Um, so, so part C of this uh, says that uh, the Holy Ghost brings peace to our minds. Um, the, the specific example here being Oliver Cowdery, um, who um, was a resident in the home of the Smiths before he actually met Joseph Smith, who at that time was living down in uh, Harmony, Pennsylvania. And um, 
Oliver was so intrigued by the story of the Book of Mormon um, that he he prayed and asked God about it before he had ever even met Joseph Smith and uh, felt peace about the uh, about the divinity of of the work and of Joseph Smith's calling to uh, to be a prophet to usher in a, a, a new era a new dispensation and um, you know so the 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 peace that was spoken to Oliver Cowdery's mind um, I found that in my own life time and time again you know sometimes you just you just have to uh, cease to worry. You just have to to know that when you're doing things right, or n- not even perfectly, but just doing the best you can, things work out. Things always mm-hmm. do, and uh, you just just uh, feel that peace. It's great. And then, of course, it's funny we move on to section nine, which also talks was the Lord talking to Oliver Cowdery. It's very interesting when you read these early sections and you see the like the insecurity Oliver Cowdery had. In facing his task and the Lord, you know, in trying to to both be a scribe and with his desires to actually translate and all these things. And uh, the man really struggled, but I think we can learn a lot from Oliver Cowdery because I think we can put ourselves in Joseph Smith's shoes. But oftentimes for me, as like the everyman facing my discipleship, I do feel like Oliver Cowdery is a, is a perfect example of, of a very regular guy who is struggling to understand these concepts and how they apply in his life. And by the same token, the the Lord instructs Oliver about the burning in the bosom. Now, we throw this phrase around there a lot, that they'll cause a burning in the bosom. And we have to ask ourselves, what does that mean? Is that a is that a physical sensation? Like Elder Oak said, he's, he says, quote, I have met persons who have told me that they have never had a witness of the Holy Ghost because they have never felt their bosom burn within them. What does a burning in the bosom mean? Does it mean to... F- does it need to be a feeling of caloric heat, like the burning produced by combustion? If that is the meaning, I have never had a burning in the bosom. Surely the word burning in the scriptures signifies a feeling of comfort and serenity. And of course, it's not purely a physical sensation. It's a, And it's only one of the ways in which the Spirit uh, communicates with us. Oftentimes, we, we push the burning in the bosom so much because it's what we use, especially with investigators of the church and things like that, that I feel like we, we almost relegate it to like being the only way to feel the spirit and understand if we feel this burning and that's not the case it's one of many ways uh, in which we can feel the spirit mm-hmm. so and a- a- another thing to note and and this is uh this is point e in this section is that the the holy ghost communicates things to us line upon line precept upon precept and that is a that's a very common phrase throughout the scriptures mm-hmm. you know by yes. small and simple things great things are brought to pass we hear over and over again um and recently that's been the subject of of uh several talks or at least a notable uh conference talk from uh, elder bednar elder david a bednar mm-hmm. um wherein he compared revelation uh, by two different mechanisms, one being by uh, likening it to flipping on a light switch and the other being to a sunrise. You know, when you when you flick on a light switch, the light in the room comes on instantly and all of a sudden you go from darkness to light and you can see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And with the sunrise, it happens gradually. You don't, it, it's almost imperceptible and it happens over, over the course of a long period of time. Um, and that there's there's a lot of different ways you can look at that. I I thought of that actually this week. I uh, was battling a, a significant illness and had to go to the doctor and get some antibiotics. And I thought, mm-hmm. you know, there were two different ways I could have been healed from this. One is, uh, you know, I could have been healed instantaneously if somebody, you know, had felt so inspired to, you know, if, through the laying on of hands. Or the other way is 
the the cumulative revelation that happened over centuries to enable scientific knowledge to be able to produce antibiotics that uh, would enable me to uh, be healed from my sickness that way. So yeah. I don't know, just just a thought there. No, it's a very good point, actually. I mean, we have to. Sometimes the answers are right in front of us, and we refuse to acknowledge them. You know, I, what's that analogy? I, I don't know. I've heard similar stories like that, like someone, or you know, that one when the 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 guy who's stuck in the flood on the rooftop or whatever, and he prays for deliverance and this and that. And like a guy comes by in a boat and he's like, no, the Lord will deliver me. A helicopter comes by, no, the Lord will deliver me. And then when he finally gets swept away in the flood, the Lord says, what were you doing? I sent you all this stuff and put it in your path. So um, so now some cautions about personal revelation as we get, uh, as we carry on getting through the end of this lesson here. Um, a lot of stuff to, to consider. One thing we should pray about that we learn in Doctrine and Covenants 109, but also in Matthew 6, is that we should pray that the Lord's will be done and be willing to submit to his will. Very much when we pray for inspiration, we want the Lord to confirm what we are feeling. And I think it is very hard, but a sign of spiritual maturity when we open ourselves up to following whatever the Lord asks us to do. It is a very difficult thing to do, I think, because we have personal pride and we want what we want. Um, but my hat goes off to those people who effortlessly, it seems anyway, submit their will to that of the Lord. Um, it's a simple principle, but a very, very difficult one to master. Mm-hmm. And, and part of the Lord's will, as it says in, in uh, part B, um, says that the revelation comes in the Lord's time and in his own way. Um, so there's not, we, we, can't, we can't put a timetable on revelation. Just like I've, I've heard the analogy, you can't, you can't put a, a timetable on, you, you can't force a bean to sprout. You can't, uh, yeah, you have yeah. to, uh, you can plant it, you can nurture it, and you can expect that it'll happen at some point, but it's going to happen in its own time. And you just gotta, you just gotta live with that. And, and, um, the Lord's timing, frankly, is always the best timing. Um, even though we may not fully understand it, um, and we may never fully understand it, but, it's hard though. We have to be patient. We want answers and we want them now. And we have to just write it out. And building on the concept of time, there's also the concept of sort of the place or, or the authority. And it's important to remember that we receive revelation according to our stewardship and responsibilities. This is very simple, but it's just that I cannot receive revelation for the church at large or for my ward. I'm not a bishop. Um, you can do it in as far as what your calling is or with your role in a family or what have you. But that is important to remember. Uh, sometimes there are many cases in the church when someone is like prayed and feels that they can tell the bishop what to be doing in the ward for just for an example. Uh, and that's not the case. We need to remember our place and it's not because the Lord wants to like shut us down or hold us back. It's because there is a, it's a house of order, time and place for all things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally, uh, there's the possibility that revelation comes from sources other than the Holy Ghost, um, other than our Heavenly Father. Um, sometimes we we think and feel and want something so badly that we'll we'll look for any kind of indication that it that it's a revelation, even if even if we yeah. uh, we take our own feelings to mean, you know, we mistake our own feelings or our own desires for a revelation from God, or there is also the possibility of a revelation, false revelations that come from the adversary. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we just need to, just need to make sure that, that we're, uh, thinking about, you know, that we're really recognizing the Holy ghost for, for, for what he is and not, uh, making false projections. And I feel like that can be hard, and we don't have time to get into a discussion on this right now, but I'd love for people to think about this. 
how do you discern between the spirit and your personal feelings? Because often when we pray, and sometimes heartfelt prayers are coupled with emotions. So it's, it's, I don't have the answers, all of them for you, but how, uh, think about that for your lesson. How do you separate those two and fully understand them? It's not easy. Especially because they, they do, they work together. You know, Mm -hmm. the spirit works through your emotions in, in uh, many instances. Exactly. So lastly, um, we got to go, but when revelation is not received or organized, what do we do? I think there's a great, a final quote from Elder Packer that really takes us there. He says, sometimes you may struggle with a problem and not get an answer. What could be wrong? It, it may be that you are not doing anything wrong. It may be that you have not done the right things long enough. Remember, you cannot force spiritual things. Sometimes we are simply confused or confused simply rather because we won't take no for an answer. Put difficult questions in the back of your minds and go about your lives. Ponder and pray quietly and persistently about them. The answer may not come as a lightning bolt. It may come as a little inspiration here and a little there, line upon line, precept upon precept. Some answers will come from reading the scriptures. Some will, f- will from hearing speakers. And occasionally, occasionally, when it is important, some will come by very direct and powerful inspiration. The promptings will be clear and unmistakable. And I think my favorite counsel there is we have to be, put ourselves in a place to receive revelation. We have to be patient and we have to be doing all that we can do uh, to to receive that inspiration. I think there's a there's a great a, a great there's a great talk uh, from uh, President Iring back I think in the April 2009 General Conference called Adversity, and he tells the story of a family who had gone through a lot a lot of problems a lot of adversity. And Elder Iring then was marveling at the faith of these people, and they said how, he's like how can you be so happy? And he said well Elder, I know that we are doing everything that we can do to be worthy of the Lord's help. Absolutely. And ever since I've heard that talk, despite my own weaknesses as a man, I've often thought back on that and thought like, am I doing everything I can do to be worthy of the Lord's help? Only then can I sort of rest in that sense, you know, and if I'm doing that, then I, then I can expect those blessings from the Lord. But if there's stuff that I need to do better, then the Lord will bless us, but I could be holding that up on my own end. That's something Mm -hmm. to consider. Yeah. So, uh, I guess, I guess my final thought is, uh, just, don't worry. Do the best you can. Be patient, um, and uh, things will work out. They will. Revelation's great. Thank you for being here, Eric Meldrum. Hey, thank you, Jeff. Always a pleasure. Nice to have you. You can find us, of course, at thisweekinmormons.com, facebook.com slash thisweekinmormons, and at the real twim on Twitter. Uh, feel free to f- shoot us an email, contact at thisweekinmormons.com. Let us know how we're doing. This has been lesson number six. I will tell you in your mind and in your heart by the Holy Ghost. Uh, from Sunday School Bonanza, brought to you by This Week in Mormons. Hope you have a great Sunday. Sayonara.